This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm Derek Gunn. You know, if I throw out the names to you, what do Brian Dawkins, Troy Vincent, uh, Brian Westbrook, David Akers, Dick Vermeil have in common? The most obvious answer would be they all were part of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. But another answer and a more important answer to me is that all of these guys are in, a, in an elite group that is a part of the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. Well, come October 14th on a Thursday night against Tampa Bay this year, two more names will be added to that illustrious group. One is John Runyon. The other is my guest on this edition of Gun on One, a good friend of mine I've known a long time, covered this man for his whole career in Philadelphia, which tells you how old both of us really are. Trey Thomas, correction, William Trey Thomas. What's up, my brother? <laughs> hey, man, feeling good, feeling great. Feeling good, feeling great, man. You know... It's still like a, a dream. Like every now and then I wake up and I'm like, hey, babe, you know what? Hey, I'm going into the Eagles Hall of Fame. You know, <laughs> I need you to speak to me a little differently, you know. Yeah, All right. So, so when you found out, what was your initial thought? What, what emotions went through you? Well, you know what? Like first, you know, uh, Mr. Lurie's uh, secretary, she reached out to me and she was just like, hey, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Lurie would like to set up a time to catch up with you. And I'm like, catch up with me? I mean, what, what do you mean, catch up? I mean, what are we going to talk about, the weather? Uh, you know what I'm saying? So she was like, yeah, we want to schedule a time that, you know, he can just catch, call you and like catch up with you. So I'm like, all right. So so we set it at like 12 o'clock or something like that. So I got out of practice down here and then I raced home. So I'm like, babe, I'm going to call so we can get on speaker just in case. I don't know. I don't want to get myself too hyped up 
But, you know, just in case he called me, like, hey, man, it's just a wellness check. I just want to make sure, you know, you ain't out here doing nothing wild. You know, I just want to check on you. But, you know, but when he called and we got on the phone, man, and we started talking and he was just like, look, man, we're going to get you into the Hall of Fame. And I was just running around fist pumping. You know, my wife was excited and it was just, you know, uh, a lot of joy, man. Just extremely happy, you know, just because, you know, all the work that you put into it. And to finally be recognized by the organization that I love, man, you know, um, just meant the world to me because I tell everybody that, you know, my time in Philly was love at first sight, man. Like when I first came to Philly as a, as a rookie and you go through that little phase and you go and fly to different teams and all that. I, when I flew into Philly, man, the vet was still kicking, man. Juan took me out on the vet. We did vertical sets. On the turf. Juan Castillo. Juan Castillo. As yeah. soon as I get in, yeah. put your suitcase down. Hey, Trey, let's get out here and do some vertical sets. And, and, and it was dark. I mean, the lights are off in the vet. And we're doing vertical sets out there. And I'm like, man, this is the coach I want to play for. This is the city I want to play for. And I canceled my trips after that. I was supposed to go to a couple other teams. And I was just like, look, man, I'm done. This is the team that I want to play for. And it just, I'm so glad that it worked out that way. Now, you played 11 uh, years of your NFL career with the Philadelphia Eagles. The last time you played in the NFL was 2010. So that's what, 11 years ago? Yeah. Did you honestly think this moment would ever happen for you? Yeah, I knew it was coming, but I'm like, hey, man, hey, hey. Wait, hey. you knew it was coming? Wait, right. wait, wait, wait. You what knew you it mean? was coming? Yeah, I knew it was coming, dude. <laughs> I, even though my name isn't in that record book, Donovan McNabb, <laughs> top of the record charts. David Akers, I blocked for him, top of the record charts. Brian Westbrook, <laughs> top of the record charts. Even though my name isn't in those records, my fingerprint is all over them. So, you know, hey, man, I knew this time was coming. I just, you know, I want to smell these roses while I can, though. Give them to me while I'm young. <laughs> man, I like your humility, by the way. What? I knew it was coming. Come on, man. 11 years. <laughs> We rewrote, we rewrote the record books. My fingerprint is all over that organization, man. Come on, dog. You know it's coming. It's coming. Dude, who, who was the most instrumental for you in terms of helping you develop to become such an outstanding tackle in the National Football League? Man, Juan Castillo. You know, uh, he was just uh, everything that I needed to, to really take my college game to the next level. Because, I mean, you know, once you come right. in, I think, like, being at Florida State really helped because it helped develop the chip on my shoulder. I think that, you know, because I didn't, I didn't learn offensive tackling until after my freshman year at college, you know. So Coach Bobby Biden had just passed away, man. They just had his funeral for him, but it's Saturday, man. That, he rest in peace. Right. But, you know, that time at Florida State really helped put a chip on my shoulder because, you know, I had to learn the position. Then I had to go out there and just go get my ass kicked a couple of times. And that's just going to happen as an offensive lineman. You're going to get whooped. You're going to get beat. But what are you going to do when it's that next phase? And I think that, that that time during Florida State really helped me to just learn a position, get beat, learn how to back it up, keep learning from those times. And then when I got to the league, man, just won just with the way he taught me how to prepare, how to do the vertical set, how to shoot my hands, the timing of it, how to study defensive linemen. I think that just that time, those years under Juan, just, just, it, it meant everything to me, you know. To the point that once I left Philadelphia, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I, you right. know, I'm just, I'm just gonna go out here to Jacksonville, go collect the check because I'm not really, you know, it, it really, I just didn't have that same attachment to the game like I did right, when I was right. here in Philly. Now, 
In your heyday, you and John Runyon were considered one of the better offensive tackle tandems in the National Football League. How much pride did you take in that? Man, you know what? We really didn't even think about it, man. We just went out there and put in work. And I, I think that that was the thing that we, that as players, that's all we wanted to do is just come out there, right. be accountable. I wanted, you, I wanted you to know that, hey, man, you can trust that I'm going to be there on Sunday. And we're going to put in the work throughout the week to do what we got to do so that we can get out there and play, man. And, and you know, that's why when you go back and you just look at it, I'm like, man, you know, I, I looked up our, our pro football uh, focus or reference or whatever, just to look right. at our game logs, man. You know, what Ryan had, what, 10, 11 years where he didn't miss a game. You that's know, right. and then I'm right behind him 15 games throughout the season. And there was only one season that I missed six games, and that was because I had back surgery. But, I mean, other than that, and then every playoff game, you know what I'm saying? All those times we go into the playoffs, we in there grinding. And I think that that was one of the things that we really prided ourselves on is just that we wanted to be accountable and that we wanted to, to know that, hey, man, once it's game day, you can look out there, you're going to see 72 and 69. You know, for the record, you played 166 games for the Philadelphia Eagles and started a buck 65. I, I think that says a lot about your durability and what this organization thought of you as yeah. a pro football player. Man, that 165, man, that one game I missed that, that I wasn't started pisses me off to this day. Why? It was the only time I've ever been late. The only time I've ever been late in my entire career <laughs> was that game right there against Green Bay. I couldn't start that game. Big Reds uh, made me wait. Why were you late? Hanging out with Jamal Jackson, man. We went down to Dale State, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we down there having fish sandwiches on the sideline, man. Just out Come of control. On, man. Man. Hey, man, you know, just wild, you know, and, and mess around and overslept and naked. And Big Red was like, hey, you're not starting. And then, you know, that right there, it pisses me off to this day because that is the only time I have ever been late in my career. I'm always on time. I'm always early. Even when I called you for this, I'm like, hey, man, look, I got time. Let's do it. Let's do it now. You know, I'm always on time, never late, and that was the one time, and that was it, yeah. You, you know what? I do have to give you kudos because in, in all the years that I've covered pro football, one thing about pro athletes, whether current or former, you just hold your breath when they say, yeah, I'll do it because you don't know when they're going to show up, and they give you some lame excuse as to why they didn't show up. Can we reschedule it? <laughs> but you're right. You called me 30 minutes before we were supposed to do this taping, and I was on the road heading to my producer's house. Say, hey, man, give me 20 minutes to get there. I am impressed that you were early instead of late. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I don't play with that, man. I, nah, man, an early man can never be late. <laughs> hey, were you and Runyon close off the field? You know what? We, we had a good relationship. It wasn't like we weren't, you know, having sleepovers or anything. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Come on, know, man. You know, Come on, but man. we had a good rapport. I think that all of us, I think just as a unit, we had a pretty good relationship. You know, we would go eat right. and hang out, you know. But, you know, we we had our own different thing. We had a different vibe, you know. And back when I was playing, man, my mindset was, you know, it was a little different. <laughs> uh, we, you yeah, you want to get yeah. into that or no? No, nah, no. Nah, so you don't want to get into that? Huh? Nah. Huh? No need to have a sure? and all that. But I think that we had a very good rapport. And, you know, and, and, and Ryan, I just think the world of it, man. You know, and you know what? What was wild, too? When you what? look at the 16 games that this man played, you know this man played 16 games one time with a fractured tailbone? Yes. 
a oh, yeah. fractured tailbone and still went out there and gave you 16 games. Come on, man. You knew this time was coming. Could you could you, could you do that? Could, could you have played 16 games you with a fractured tailbone? I had my own stuff. Huh? I had my own little nicks and bruises and bangs. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is what we do. We play in the trenches. Nobody comes out of the unscathed. What well, what's the worst injury you played with? I've always had back issues throughout my career. I had, you know, torn meniscus, yada, 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 you know, but I wore knee braces. But, you know, that's one of the things I always wore knee braces a lot. I always wore wrist braces. Well, I used to get my hands casted to protect my wrist. So, right. um, you know, and then it was always good for a good punch to the face, you know. So, um, you know, yeah, I always tried to do as much as I could to protect myself. But, I mean, you know, when you bang in the trenches, I mean, it's just going, you know, I mean, you know, you're going to have pains. I mean, it's just, you know what it is. It hurts. <laughs> hey, in your 11-year tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles, went to the playoffs seven times, five division titles, five conference championships, one Super Bowl appearance. Does it still stick in your craw that you never hoisted that Lombardi trophy as a Philadelphia Eagle? Yeah, it's, it's one of my two biggest regrets, you know, as in, in my career. It's just that we did not win that championship. You know, that's that's one of the two of my regrets, you know, that we didn't win that, that championship. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who was your all-time favorite teammate as a Philadelphia Eagle? <sighs> Man, whoever my guard was next to me, you know what I'm saying? Because they made my game, <laughs> a, you know, because they made my game a lot better. You know, like, like a lot of people don't understand, like, how important it is to have a good guard next to you. You know, um, when I had Todd Harriman's, when I had Artis Hicks, when I had John Wellborn, when I had Doug Brzezinski, when I had Jermaine Mayberry, you know, all throughout my career, having a good guard makes your game so much easier because now when they don't have work, they best right. believe they coming to take that damn defensive end head off. And you have several right. clips throughout my career where you can see my guard sitting there. If he don't have work, and he's sliding my way. Oh, we coming to take those DN head off. And then now it made my game a lot easier because I didn't get a lot of inside moves from guys because they knew my guards right, were coming right. to take them, take them out. All right. Who's the one teammate that you hated playing with? That I hated playing with? Yeah, uh, you just didn't want anything to do with them, didn't want to talk to them, didn't want to be around them. I didn't have we didn't have anybody like that on our team, man. No? Like I, I think that we had a really solid locker room. That where we all liked each other, like we all didn't all hang out with everybody else, but we did have a good rapport with everybody within the locker room. So I think that everybody was pretty cool with each other. All right. How much did the T.O. Donovan McNabb fiasco mess up the whole chemistry? Ah, you smiling. See, people can't see that you're smiling. How much did that mess up the whole chemistry in that locker room during that era? You know what, man? That, the whole T.O. thing, man, it was so wild that it was such a soap opera. And, you know, and you saw it unraveling as it started happening in a training camp, you know, when – he and Big Red would get into it, and T.O. gets kicked out, and then he's doing the sit-ups in his, in, his, uh, in his driveway. And once you talk to T.O., you understood his point, and I get where he was coming from with it, but I felt like it did kind of put a wedge in the, in the thing because you had some guys that were Team T.O. and some guys that were Team 5. I mean, you know, but at the end right. of the day, you know, we just tried to just push through and just manage it as much as possible. There was nothing that we could do because it wasn't something that we were going to get in between it. I just felt like they should have closed the doors and head, went head on the have at it and then shook hands yeah. afterwards. You know, just go ahead and have at it. Get behind closed doors. 
give them some boxing gloves, go ahead and get that energy out the way, man, so we can go get back to business. But, um, you know, it, 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 it was a tough um, time for us to deal, to deal with. If those two had taken it to Knuckle Junction, who would have won? Man, who would have won, Trey? Dude, like, Come on, man. You're always honest. Yeah, who would have won? Man, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you look at T.O., man, he's not, <laughs> you know, he, the cat is not the average receiver, man. I mean, you know, you got what somebody was doing. T.O. was what, about 240? What, yeah. sing, single oh, yeah. digit body fat? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't, you know. I don't know. You I, picked a receiver over your quarterback? No, I didn't pick a receiver. I didn't say I was getting ready to go to 5-2. I mean, I think 5, you know, probably, you know, coming up from the, in the Chicago suburbs <laughs> would have tapped into some of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know, I, you know, I don't know. It, it could have been a strong draw, maybe. I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love your diplomatic approach. All right. So, uh, uh, so, yeah, but, but this is a funny what? thing. So, what, I, I what? remember when he and Hugh got into it, man. So T.O. is jogging in the pool, and then when we come out of the meet, I see Hugh, you know, leaning up against the rail, trying to catch his breath. He out there, man. I said, Hugh, man, what happened? Man, man, <laughs> me and T.O., we just got into it. We were out here fighting. And I'm like, no, you sound winded, though. Did you win? That's what I want to know. You know, you, you sound winded, and I need to know, did you win? You know, but let T.O. tell it he whooped him. So I don't know. I didn't see it. I was it up. <laughs> all right you know what you brought up a good point because i was covering the team in the midst of all that and no question about it there were some players who were on five sides some who were who were on to's side uh whose side was william trey thomas on you know what though like because because i i get what to was trying to do he wanted McNabb to step up to the plate man no he outperformed right, his contract right. but right. i but i also knew that man with joe banner and them in the house man you weren't bullying joe banner though Right. Like, I, I mean, that just wasn't happening, you know, and I think that, yeah, he should have gotten more money. I get it. You know, you went out there, you played a hell of a season, you got us to the Super Bowl, came back out there, played on a broken ankle, you know what I'm saying, right. and, and, right. and did right. what he needed to do, pay the man. But, hey, man, you know, you, you're not going to come in there and try to strong on Joe Banner, man, and I think a lot of people – you know, I, I, I give Joe Banner a hard time about that. But, man, at the end of the day, like I tell Joe all the time, man, dude, I respect the hell out of you, man, because, I mean, at the end of the day, you weren't going to let anybody come in there and try to strong arm you. And, that, man, you were trying to build an empire, dog. And when you're trying to when – you, when, you, when you build an empire, decisions have to be made, and sometimes you got to stick to your guns, and that's what he did. You know, there in the time that I've covered the game, there are a lot of front office type people who are always trying to be buddy-buddy with the players. But I remember having conversations with Joe and Joe said, I'm not trying to be their friends. No. You know, uh, and Joe would point Blake tell you he was all about the business. He didn't care about hurting feelings. No. And that's how you got to be. You're building an empire. I ain't got time to be sitting up here worried about how you feeling your feelings. I'm building an <laughs> empire right now, man. Either you get in line or you get gone. Which one you want? <laughs> Dude, when you you look at you played more than a decade for one organization, and you guys had some great runs during that time, give me your fondest memories of playing with the Philadelphia Eagles in this city, in front of this fan base. I think, man, you know, just my rookie year was uh, just amazing. You know, just coming in, even though we were three and thirteen. I mean, we got smashed, right. but it was my first time being in the vet playing in that type of atmosphere. Uh, and then, you know, when we finally made it to the Super Bowl, you know, when you start, you keep getting these wins, keep getting these wins, and then we finally got that chance to get there. I think that that was just one of my 
fondest memories as a player, you know, finally making it over the hump and getting there, which we would have finished that thing. But man, it was just, just, a, just that year of uh, that 2004 season is, it, it was just amazing right. for us, man. Cause I mean, we were right. smashing everybody, you know, and, uh, you know, just, just being around the guys, you know, a lot of people, you know, once you, once you leave the locker room, that atmosphere is never the same anywhere else. And, you know, and I just really enjoyed just that tenure, that whole time. I enjoyed every day that I was in the Nova Care Complex. And, you know, and, and, you know, and it was one of those areas that even Coach Reed made it a safe place for us to be however we were. You know, I would okay. walk around with a leather football helmet on and slap cookies out of people's hands and it, it would be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you got Hugh running down the hall yelling, you know, just all kinds of wild stuff. And, you know, it was okay. It was our little safe haven. And that's where I, I really miss that atmosphere of how Coach Reed just really allowed us to be family and just do our thing. Dude, do you know that during that time when, when I was doing the postgame show for NBC, you guys made that show, you, John Runyon, Donovan, Hollis, Corey Simon, Hugh Douglas, Bobby Taylor, Troy Vint, all you got. It was such a collection of characters mm -hmm. off the field. It was crazy. And then it was like a circus on our postgame show. But when you guys stepped between the lines, you were all about that business, man. Yeah, and that's what I think Big Red just did an awesome job of just like, look, man, do whatever you got. Don't get arrested now. Don't get arrested. But right, right. be yourselves, you know, and I think as a coach, that's what you should do. You should, you, you just manage the personalities. Let them be what we are, you know what I'm saying? So that when right, we get right. out here and we get on the field, we're going we're gonna to be about that business. Now, Big Red, now he had his rules. He would make sure you check this, you know, like if you needed to, hey, he's going to step in there. Hey, I'm going to check you if you get out of line. But I right. still want your personalities to show. And I think that that's, that's what made us a good team. Hey, um, come Thursday night in October, will you be nervous like a rookie or like a kid in a candy store standing out there at halftime? Man, I'm trying not to cry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. If you start crying, I want that on camera. Hey, man, the missus already told me. She already know, man. Anytime I watch a highlight of myself, I get just a little misty-eyed, man. Just a little teary-eyed. I cry all the time, man. It's embarrassing. Do you thing. really? Oh, yeah, man. I cry all the time, dude. I watch a man, movie, you're I cry. Six, seven, 320 man, man, so pounds. What, man, what I got to do? Don't, 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 try to, <laughs> don't try to cry shame me. You know what I'm saying? Let, let me be emotional. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like the missus said, she already knows. She's like, look, now I'm just, just going to, you know, just go out there with a tissue, you know, just, just to make sure. Right, right. Because I know, I, I, even just thinking about what I'm going to say sometimes, I'm riding in the car and I'm thinking about it, and, like, I just get just a little misty-eyed sometimes. Because I'm just like, dog, you put so much into it. And, you know, to finally get to get that recognition. Right, right. And just, you know, to, 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 to be out there and to be in the fans and know that you want to give them everything that you, that you had every, every game and game out. And I'm just trying not to cry too bad, man. I just don't want a snot bubble or something to pop up. You know, I'm just trying to hold it together. Just hold it. Oh, I mean, I, I want to, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> I cannot wait to see this. Now, look, you had a great NFL career. You've dabbled in a number of things since you retired. Mm -hmm. um, you did some TV, did some radio. You have your own painting studio. Yeah, man. And, and, and now, I don't know if a lot of people know this, now you are a high school 
offensive line football coach for one of the more prestigious high school programs in America, IMG Academy, down in Bradenton, Florida. How in the world did you end up doing this? Man, you know what? <laughs> George Hageman, he's the, uh, the, uh, the yes. director down here. You know, and you know, George is from up that way. And George and I played together my first two years in Philadelphia. I actually got married at George's house. So, you know, we have, we no go, kid. yeah, we go way back. And um, he took over the football as a football director and he reached out. The position opened up because he was an offensive line coach the year before. So he was getting ready to move up and do something else. So he reached out to see if I wanted to uh, get into coaching. And um, I had already had my middle son down here playing basketball. So it was, uh, it was a good thing. You know, I wanted to be able to be down here and watch my son play ball and, you know, it, it kind of gets me back into culture, man. I miss being in the trenches. You know, it's um, it's a fun experience. You know, I, I think that you know, it's it's it, as a coach. Uh huh. Yeah, here we go. Okay, you know, here like we I, go. I have to. I have to remember that at times these are high school kids. You know, and, and you right. know, and but they're not the typical high school kids. I mean, right now most of my guys are going to Division One universities. Uh, I got one kid going to Alabama. The other one, he's probably going to be yep. the top top guard in the nation. Uh, Tyler Booker is my left tackle. He's he's already committed to Alabama. Uh, Lou Bai is my right tackle. He's committed to Florida State. Uh, my center, uh, Dylan Lopez, he's committed to University of Oregon. Uh, Jeez. My uh, right guard, Ethan Lane, he's committed to ECU. Um, and then Nigel Harris is probably going to be the number one guard in the nation next year. Um, so... And then I have a young tackle, uh, Francis. Um, I don't even know his last name, man. He's some we call him CC, man. He's from you know, he's from some. I don't, I don't know his last name. I don't mean to disrespect it like that, but I mean I don't know the man's last name. I call him CC. But um, he's probably right now. He's the number one tackle in his class. So you know, like we this this is something different down here. When you have this type of talent in a, in one room, and then the guys that we're going up against every day is like, it's almost like a college atmosphere. It's not for everybody. And I know that as a coach, I tell kids that I'm not for everybody. You know, I, I'm, and I don't try to be for everybody. You know, I, I, I'm going to come in. I coach everybody the same. I'm extremely blunt with the way I talk to you. And I, you know, and I treat you like you're a professional and I treat you like a college kid that's getting ready to go into college or a professional, I, you know, and, Sometimes guys wash out. You know, I've been <laughs> I've been here since January and I already had two kids quit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, look, man, you know. Wait a minute. Two kids quit? You two, haven't even played a game yet? Hey, man, two kids quit. Everybody can't accept the challenge, man. When you go up against some of the talent that we're going up against here. I mean, you got defensive ends. Our outside linebacker. You got a kid going to Clemson next year that's already, you know, one of the top recruits that's coming out next year. You got another one that's coming up out of them. They're going to be able to go where Alabama and Texas and them. Like, all of our guys that's on the defensive side of the ball, are going to power five schools, man. This is no joke down here. You come down here, you might be the man wherever you're from, at whatever little high school you're from, and, and got little wins, and you come down here, and then we're going to show you what you are. You're going to find out real quick. Are you that real, or are you going to find a way to quit? And the guys that watch out, hey, man, they find an excuse to get on. You know, and, and to me, I'm like, man, how do you not want to accept this challenge? You're never going to go up against this type of, uh, of competition week in and week out the way you get to practice here. I mean, you're practicing against the best every day. So what if you get your ass kicked? It's okay. It's going to happen. Wouldn't you rather it happen 
in practice went Monday through Friday or Monday through Wednesday, then for it to show up on Saturday or whenever we play our games. I mean, you know, take your lumps. Everybody's going to take their lumps. But these kids, man, sometimes they come out, they demand, they the big fish in that little pond. And you come down here, man, you swimming with sharks. And you're going to find out real quick, are you, do you really, are you that dog? Are you going to make an excuse to get on out of here? And the two of the kids already made an excuse to get on out of here. And I told them, hey, man, hey, well, good luck to you. What do you want me to tell coaches that call <laughs> talking about you? You know what I'm saying? You quit at one of the top programs here. Take your lumps, man. Because, I mean, it ain't going to get any easier. You think it's going to all of a sudden click when you go to college? All right. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I, I want to go back to something you just said a few minutes ago. You said, I coach everybody the same. Yes. Every ex-athlete I've talked to that I've asked about getting into coaching, whether at the high school, college, or pro level, they all have said the same thing. D-Gun, you can't coach these kids nowadays. It, it, when we played, you, you got coached as a collective unit. You got yelled at as a unit. You had to run sprints as a unit. Nowadays, you have to nurture kids individually. You have to, you know, coach kids up individually now. So how is it that you use the approach that, look, everybody's getting the same treatment. There is no preferential treatment. Because I know what that does to a group. Like, if, you, if they see me being nice to one guy, pat him on the shoulder, you know, being all gentle with him, but then I got to go over here and be aggressive to the other one, that causes a, a, a little friction in the room, you know? And I don't want that. I'm like, man, I, I, don't, I don't have time for that. Either you get in line or you get gone. Which one you want to do? And I mean, this is, I mean, this is top tier program. Dude, you're spending 90-something thousand dollars a year to come play here, baby. How much? 90-something thousand dollars a year. You won't waste kids, your parents' investment? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are kids you going to waste pay 90-something thousand a year to go to high school? You're damn right. Are you going to waste the investment? I don't have time to sit up here and play with your feelings. I don't care about your feelings. Are you going to come in here and get this work done? Are you going to come in here and compete? Can I trust that I can put you out there on that field? Because, dog, you got guys out here that's going, you know, that's going Division One universities, man. Hey, look, dog, I'm, I don't have time for your feelings. So, and I tell them, I tell anybody that come here, like, look, dog, my first question is, are you sensitive? Because if you're sensitive, you ain't going to make it here with me. And, you know, and... So two of them are already gone. I, I, I'm not used to seeing this side of Trey Thomas. What happened to you? And they, they, they put me on the shirt. They gave me a shirt. They gave you an Under Armour IMG shirt, and you just me, lost your mind. Lost my mind. I get in there, and I get the clicker, man. I got the cowboy collar, and I put the lays on there. Hey, look at man. That ain't cutting it, dog. I need you to tighten up. And, you know, and I coach everybody the same, man. And it's, you know, sometimes my meetings can be a little aggressive. You know, I, I, you know, sometimes, you know, I like I had to do a Zoom meeting one time with my guys because, you know, we've been dealing with COVID stuff like just like everybody else. Sure, so sure. we had um, some Zoom meetings. And so my wife would, you know, kind of, you know, be the moderator, you know, or whatever. She will set it up and like she listened in on one of my meetings. She was like, oh, you know, uh, you know I, I think it's a bit aggressive. You know, the way you talk to some of the kids. But I'm Pass, like, but at the passive end, aggressive. No, she's no, not even passive. It's very aggressive. But I'm like, look, you know, I am trying to create a mindset. And the mindset has to start with me. You know what I'm saying? So I can't be all, you know, no, it's going to be aggressive. And I need you to be on that same tone. And if you ain't, then you're going to find an excuse to get on out of here. And I mean, it just is what it is. You just wasted your, your, your family money. Why would you do that? 
Why would you but do what that? About the, and if you go, what about the kids that need nurturing, man? man well, what about those kids? I, I'm not the nurturer. I'm not the one. You know, I, I, now I will if you do well, and I feel like you got. You know, what I'm saying you need a little something. I, I could be a tender shoulder sometimes, but no, nah, man, we got that business. Man, I ain't got time for that, man. You know. <laughs> Now, I, IG I, is such like, a, like I talk, I talk to each kid like I talk to my sons, and, and okay, you know, and okay. I and I coach them just like I would coach my son. And like he's playing here, and I go and I, we put on the film, and I watch him play on the varsity team. Hey, look here, son, that ain't getting it, man. I need you to, hey, look, we we put in way too much work for that to be happening, you right, know. So right. you know, it's 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 aggressive, but it's not gonna get any easier for you. So you may as well go ahead and deal with it now. If you can deal with it now, you gonna it's gonna make each step that you go. Each step a little bit easier, and my my whole goal in this is to get you like I te- like I tell them now. I'm like, look, dog, I'm not coaching you for high school. Most of the stuff that we're gonna deal with, I'm coaching you for if you have plans to make it to the pros. Because a lot of the stuff I'm coaching you is what Juan taught me, you know. Right, so right. I'm teaching you exactly the stuff that I was taught. I'm past high school. I'm past what we talking about is past high school. I'm past, even though you're in high school, we're talking about some of our protection schemes, some of the stuff that we're talking about and, and what you got to do in identifying stuff. Man, that's what we do on the, on, the, on the professional level. And like, look, man, I'm trying to get you ready. And if I can get you ready, you're going to be successful wherever you go. And every college coach knows, I, you know, anybody that I talk to, look, man, you see what I'm doing? I show you the film. I show you their body work, where they started and where they are now. And every time I've done that, every coach has said, I see the improvement. And then if that's what you can see, well, then my job wow. is done. Wow. Yeah. All right, look at you. Yeah. People can't see you, but you got that Cheshire cat grin <laughs> on your face. I like that. All right, so IMG is such a unique program because you were telling me you have a high school national travel team, and then there's a high school team. How does that work? Well, the high school, because you have two varsity teams, which is kind of like a varsity and JV team. Uh, where they might play some of more of the local teams that are around here, around the Florida area. and uh, But our national team, we we hunting for, like, anybody that's uh, top tier. Anybody that's ranked in the nation, we coming for you. Um, and then, you know, uh, then we have a post-grad team as well. But our national team is going to be uh, the guys that are on, like, if you put them on a regular high school team, they would probably hurt everybody on that field. Like, they are just... Wow. Our, our national football team is no joke. Like, dude, like, I mean, for real, like, I just across the board, you have some really talented guys out here. So that's the team that you see every week in USA Today's Top yes. 25? Yes. Our national team is what you're going to see that's ranked number one in the nation right now. Wow. So you're, you're part of that travel team then? Yes, sir. I am. All right. So you're you, you getting your feet wet in high school coaching now. Do you see yourself moving up to the college ranks or the pros one day? We're going to see. We'll see. You know, right now, I'm just, you know, I'm just enjoying where I am right now. And, I, and, and what's cool about it right now is I get to watch my young son, you know, my youngest son. He's coming up right. in the game now. So, you know, I'm really enjoying that process right now. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But right now... I, I, I'm on yeah. these cars, but hern, we on, hey, we in here, boy. We get at it. <laughs> you wait, how you say we all up in here? All right, we all up in here with a laser beam. Like, hey, dog, that ain't getting it. I need you to pick it up. All right, so you've been there since January. What do you like about being a high school coach, and what do you dislike about it? You know what? The thing that I love about coaching is just when you show them, when you teach them something, and you right, see right. it work. You see what I'm saying? Like that right there 
is everything to me. Where if I right. show you a certain technique or something that was a habit for you and got you like like take for example my center uh, Dylan Lopez, he he was a guy that liked to go underhand hooks and you know he would body up with these guys. And so my thing was to him is like, look man, I need you to shoot your hands quicker. You you're you're waiting too much. You're you're letting the guys build up all this momentum to get into you. And man, right. just see him take a set and shot his hands and punch the dude and just how he handled him. And I'm just like, I, I, I run up and go chest bump and bah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to see. And when you see a guy, when you teach him something and you see it work, man, that's everything to me. I, you know, I, I get full, you know, I'd probably ride home and just have a tear in my eye. Just like, look, he, he shot his hands on time. It was beautiful, you know, absolutely beautiful. And what, what, what don't you like about high school coaching? Cats that, uh, that quit. You know, I, I, okay. I can't stand okay. that. I can't stand that, you know, because once a quitter, you always be a quitter. And I can't stand that. You know, uh, that's the thing that I don't like about it is that when when kids are afraid of the challenge and, and back down from the challenge as if it's going to get easier, it's not going to get any easier. When you go to college, right. it's going to be just as hard or harder. So why not accept the challenge now? But, you know, everybody ain't built for this. William Trey Thomas, yes, high sir. school football coach, man of emotions. Yes. I can't wait until October 14th on that Thursday night to see if the tears flow yes. and you have that proverbial snot bubble uh, <laughs> on your nose. <laughs> I hope not. I've known you a long time. You have never changed, brother. Don't ever change, please, man. And you know I love you like family, boy. I already appreciate uh, and, it. And I and, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us on Gun on One. And so, folks, that's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun on One, powered by Patterson Square Garden. For my man William Trey Thomas, soon to be Eagles Hall of Famer. Yeah. William Trey Thomas, awesome. I'm Derek Gunn. You guys out there, stay blessed, but more importantly, as I tell you each and every week, be a blessing to each and every person that you encounter. Until next time, so long, everyone. Gun on One is a production of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.